Hi again everyone, welcome back to the Holy Spirit series as we look at the work of the Holy Spirit and today we're going to look at two new aspects of the work of the Holy Spirit. Last time we looked at the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. But this time we're going to now look at the Holy Spirit's empowerment and the sanctification of the Holy Spirit. Now we've already looked at Acts 2, haven't we? Um, we've looked at Acts 8, Acts 10 and Acts 19 and we've seen how on the day of Pentecost to the, the uh, Samaritan believers, to Cornelius' house, the Gentiles, the uttermost parts of the world and to the Ephesians in chapter 19 that the Holy Spirit was poured out in a Pentecostal empowerment. And we see that that was essential for the the forwarding of the great commission of taking the gospel to the four corners of the earth and jesus actually told the disciples don't lift a finger without receiving the power of the spirit from on high paul testifies to the power of the spirit in his own ministry doesn't he in first corinthians 2 4 and 5 he said my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom but in the demonstration and spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Um, he didn't want people to be intellectually secure in some kind of uh, academic reasoning or theological dogma alone. He wanted people to have an encounter with God so that they would know that what they had experienced was real. And of course, in First Thessalonians 1 and verse 5, he talks there that our gospel did not come to you in a word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you, you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. Now, I'm not despising our minds at all. We have to love the Lord our God with all our minds. And intellect is very important and academic study. And as I said last time, apologetics has its place. But we have more information today in our world than ever. And yet what we need more than ever is the demonstration and the power of the Holy Spirit in the Christian church and in our ministry. We need empowerment. Like D.L. Moody had, a very simple man. Uh, he was a shoe seller. But God came on his life and transformed him. And he says of his own experience of divine empowerment the blessing came upon me suddenly like a flash of lightning for months i had been hungering and thirsting for power and service i'd come to that point where i think i would have died if i had not got it i remember i was walking in the streets of new york i had no more heart in the business i was about than if i'd not been in the world at all well one day oh what a day i cannot describe it i seldom refer to it. it is almost too sacred an experience to name right there in the streets the power of god seemed to come upon me so wonderfully i had to ask god to stay his hand i was filled with a sense of god's goodness and i felt as though i could take the whole world to my heart i took the old sermons i had preached before without any power it was the same old truth but there was new power Many were impressed and converted. This happened years after I was converted myself. I would not now be placed where I was before this blessed experience if you should give me all the world. It would be a small dust in the balance. Wow. And other great men and women of God had similar experiences. And yet there are men and women equally used of God who had no great manifestations like Moody's. Uh, but they were equally filled with the Holy Spirit. And Blaise de Trail 
for the gospel. Some people simply experienced an overwhelming sense of God's presence with them or God's peace or maybe a bursting joy within their spirit. Here's the point I want to make. We don't want to try and replicate other people's experiences and we should not necessarily covet the peculiarity of those. But what we do need is the empowerment of God and these great heroes of the faith all knew they had this divine empowerment and they all knew that they were different than they were before they received it and others knew it to boot. Other people recognised them. Something had changed. And a new power, a new dynamic had come into their, their ministry. We need, boy, do we need in the church today, and I don't care whether you're Pentecostal, charismatic, and you might think that you're operating in this empowerment, we need this divine enablement, this unction to function as God intended us to. And many of us are not operating underneath this anointing. And we need it. And we need to know that we have it from the Holy Spirit. We need to have a confidence, not an arrogance, but a confidence to know that we are moving like Paul said in the power and demonstration of the gospel, not just in mere words, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The Holy Spirit's role is also one of sanctification. And sanctification simply means to make holy. And the, the work of the Holy Spirit enables Christians to live holy lives. It is to live a holy life dedicated to the service of God and conform to the likeness of Jesus Christ. That really sums up what sanctification is. The Spirit's work in believers, making them holy, dedicating them to the service of the Lord and conforming them to the image of Jesus. And the term sanctified by the Spirit is found several times within the New Testament because holiness cannot be achieved apart from the Holy One. And of course that's the explanation for the existence of legalism where people try to be holy in the power of the flesh or through religious ordinances, practices, rites, etc. But true holiness can only be achieved through the Holy One, the Holy Spirit because only God is is holy. Only his life is holy. And effectively, Christianity, this supernatural life that we've talked about already, is the life of God in us. It, it is not our life. It is not our uh, legalistic religious achievements or rule keeping. It, it is the very life of God in Christ in us. That was God's divine objective uh, his purpose was to come and live in us. So that Paul can say in Galatians 2 and 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, and we're going to spend a lot of time exploring this in, in future episodes. But we're going to look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the character of God in Jesus Christ. It's his personality. And then the gifts of the Holy Spirit, well that's the, uh, the power uh, of God. 
of the person of God. The power that he has is given to us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so the operation of the, the work of the Spirit in our life is actually the life of God in Christ operating in and through us. It's not apart from us. Uh, sorry, it's not apart from God. It, it's actually God within us working. Now, that's an explanation. But how practically do we give ourselves over to more and more sanctification? Now, positionally, of course, we're in Christ. When, he, when God looks at us, he sees Jesus. He, he doesn't see our sin anymore when we live in that fellowship of repentance and short accounts with God. But on a practical day-to-day level, how do we increase our sanctification to the point where we practically start to look and sound like Jesus? It's all right saying, oh, positionally I'm in Christ, but I'm living like the devil and looking and sounding like the devil. That shouldn't be, of course. But there are times that we're, we're not so Christ-like. Would you agree? So how do we increase and deepen that Christ-likeness in our life? How does this transformation happen? Well, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18 gives a secret to this. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. How do we get more sanctified? How do we become like Jesus? The simple answer is one word, intimacy. Intimacy with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, communion with Christ, opening the door to Jesus Christ day by day, looking, beholding the face of Jesus Christ. And as we contemplate Christ, as we spend time in his presence, worshiping him, ministering to him, beholding him, we become like him. You become like what you behold. Yeah. As we gaze, as if looking into a mirror, at the beautiful face of Jesus, our Lord and Redeemer, we are transformed, metamorphosized, from glory to glory to glory into the same image of Jesus. But note the end of the verse by the Spirit of the Lord. This is the work of the Spirit in us. But our responsibility is to behold Jesus, to contemplate Christ, to soak in his presence. And the Spirit will change us into the image that we're beholding. And that's how we'll get holy, more holy and more Christ-like. Romans 8 put it, walk by the Spirit, Not the flesh, not by the law, but walk by the Spirit. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. All I ask is to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like him. That's it, isn't it? It was said of Robert Murray McShane, who died a very early age, a a, a Scots Presbyterian minister. 
after his death someone remarked he was the most Jesus-like man I ever saw wow wouldn't it be wonderful if that's what people said about you about me isn't he so like Jesus what do they say about us listen this is not going to be achieved by you know pulling your socks up doing better it can only be achieved by the work of the Spirit. And we've talked how we need to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, not listen to the condemnation of the enemy. Keep short accounts with God, confessing our sins and getting rid of any conviction that might come. Knowing the difference between that and the voice of the enemy and not listening to his voice. We need to make sure we are regenerated by the Spirit of God and continue to be receiving that life through the engrafted Word of God. We need to be continually empowered for the mission that we have before us to, to live the gospel and preach the gospel. But we need to be in this process of being made holy by the Holy Spirit. Hebrews says, without holiness no one will see the Lord. Is there a holiness that is being produced in your life as a Christian? We've got a concept today in the church easy believism or hyper grace where people think they just make an assent to Christ or pray a prayer or something like that and all of a sudden that's it done and dusted and they're living godless lives they're living lives of habitual constant sin and don't misunderstand me we, we've all got our besetting temptations and I'm not suggesting that people struggling with stuff that you're not a Christian but what I am saying is if you're living in habitual, unapologetic, unrepentant sin without any remorse, you need to ask yourself some serious questions. Because Jesus sent the Spirit so that we would be sanctified. Church, we need to ask some questions about our lifestyle, about our choices, about our practices and our habits. Is the mark of my life Christ-likeness? Is the mark of my life holiness? sanctification am i set apart by the holy spirit for the holy spirit to god's glory as we close this session today i want to challenge you about how you recognize the work of the spirit in your life how you respond to the work of the spirit do you harden your heart do you resist or quench his conviction are you empowered? You might be born again and that's great, but are you empowered to do what you're doing for Jesus? Or are you exhausted? Are you drained? Because maybe like many of us, you've slipped into operating on the fleshly level rather than the Spirit. Are you being guided by the Spirit in what you're doing and the execution of your ministry? And how, how are you realizing true holiness? How's your intimacy with Jesus, in other words? How's your fellowship with the Lord? Do you spend leisurely time? Do you waste time with Him? You can't waste time with Him, of course, but you know what I mean. Periods where you're just in His presence, beholding, seeking and beholding His face, that will change you forever. And others, mark my words, others will see that change. Boy, do we need the work of the Spirit in our lives. Let's pray. And let me pray for you right now. 
that that may be what you receive. And if you need empowerment, ask God for, him, for it. Ask by faith. According to Luke 11, you being evil know, know, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them and ask? Just ask him by faith and believe that he does what his word says. And ask him for holiness. Just say, Jesus, give me your holiness. Let me behold you. Help me to see you. So I dedicate time to you. Let me really behold your face that I may be changed into your image. Father, we thank you that your eternal plan has always been to put your life in us. And we pray, dear God, that as we receive conviction of the Spirit, as we're regenerated with your life and you come to live in us, that we may be empowered by the fullness of the life that you give and that we may be made holy as your holy Father through the holiness of Jesus. Not our, our righteousness needs to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, but we're not called to that type of holiness of keeping rules and regulations, but we're called to a holiness of where it's the very holy life of the divine nature that's in us that is exhibiting Christ to others through fruit and through gifts and through your power and your love. So Lord, we receive. And I pray for the people watching here that they may indeed receive your power, they may receive your life, they may receive your holiness from the Spirit of God. And Lord, that they will embark upon a journey of intimacy with Jesus in the secret place where beholding his glory and his image, they will be changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. And that they would know it and that others would look at them and see that they have been with Jesus. For his glory we pray. Amen. God bless you. See you again soon.